Uh, Let's turn to Numbers chapter 12. That's where we are uh, at the moment in our series. Uh, Numbers chapter 12. We're seeing God's people on the move. They're moving forwards, uh, but not quite. (laughs) Because at each moment, they just get held up uh, and they get slowed down in their journey uh, forwards. And that's uh, what we're going to see in Numbers chapter 12 uh, this morning. I'm going to read the whole chapter, verses 1 to 16. Now, younger children, um, younger children, where are you? Come on, give me, give me uh, the little ones. Yes, me little ones. Yes. So I, as I read this Bible reading, I just want you younger ones. Yeah, thank you, Jude. Excellent, you're there. Um, so I want you to just listen and see if you can hear any of the names of people, right? The characters in this bit of the Bible story, okay? So listen out for names of people. Yeah, you got that? Uh, and you older ones, um, if you could listen out um, into the Bible reading, what's the the problem here okay what's the problem in this what's what's the problem for God's people here okay it's a bit of a deeper question for you older ones so let's uh, dive in numbers chapter 12 verse 1 Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife for he had married a Cushite has the Lord spoken only through Moses they asked hasn't he also spoken through us and the Lord heard this Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. Uh, When the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The anger of the Lord burned against them and he left them. When the cloud lifted from above the tent, Miriam's skin was leprous. It became as white as snow. Aaron turned towards her and saw that she had a defiling skin disease. And he said to Moses, Please, my Lord, I ask you not to hold against us the sin we have so foolishly committed. Do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from its mother's womb with its flesh half eaten away. So Moses cried out to the Lord, Please, God, heal her. The Lord replied to Moses, If her father had spat in her face, would she not have been in disgrace for seven days? Confine her outside the camp for seven days. After that, she can be brought back. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move on till she was brought back. After that, the people left Hazaroth and camped in the desert of Paran. Now, uh, Edith was, well, what was she? What was going on in her mind and in her heart a little bit? How did she feel about, how did she feel about her sister's scooter? Really? She was jealous, wasn't she? She was well jealous of her sister's scooter. And you know, that's what's going on in our Bible story today, isn't it? We see Miriam and Aaron, they are Moses' older brother and sister, and they are jealous 
of Moses. That little thing they say about the Cushite wife, that's a bit of a smokescreen. It's a bit of a cover underneath that. They're just plain old jealous of their brother Moses. They're jealous of his position. They say, don't they, about God speaking through Moses. He does. He speaks through Moses in a very special way. And Moses has a special job to do. He has a special, he's privileged. He's got a special role, a special place, special gifts that God has given him. And they don't like that, do they? They're jealous uh, of him. Kids, do you ever get jealous like Edith? You ever get jealous of things sometimes? think you get jealous of your brothers and sisters like Miriam and Aaron and Moses or maybe your friends maybe something they have that you don't you know, like that scooter and you get a little bit jealous uh, of them there's some other people characters in stories aren't there I don't know if we've got the old powerpoint up is that working um oh there's Edith look there's uh, there's Moses and and Miriam and Aaron there and there are some other people who get jealous aren't there Ron Weasley gets jealous quite a lot Uh, throughout the story and there's all sorts of jealousy going on in the story of Cinderella as well sometimes you get jealous kids maybe of of your friends their toys maybe they've got a toy that you don't have like the scooter or some games or something maybe some of you older ones a bit jealous because maybe your friend's got a boyfriend or a girlfriend and that you haven't you feel a bit jealous about that there's all sorts of things that we get jealous about aren't there other people's things that they have or or opportunities that they might have had or experiences things that they've enjoyed that you haven't or maybe you just feel in some way that they've got a, a special job to do or something and, and you don't feel like you've got that and you start to feel a bit jealous Shakespeare called it the green-eyed monster didn't he jealousy now this bible passage it's a little bit like a mirror You see, as we look into Numbers chapter 12, as we look into the story here, we see our jealousy reflected back. We see their jealousy of their brother Moses, and it shows us, actually, we get jealous too. And did you notice their jealousy of Moses, it held them back? That's the key thing here. It held them back, didn't it? Quite literally, as God's people, what happened? Well, they couldn't move forwards, could they? Verse 15 is very telling, isn't it? And the people did not move on until Miriam was brought back. Until that problem was sorted, God's people were stuck still. They couldn't move forwards because of their jealousy towards their brother. And then it got sorted and they were able to move forward. It's the same for us, isn't it? As individual people, we get jealous of those around us and that can just hold us back in life. Uh, And as a a people as a whole, we can be jealous and that can hold us back, just like the people back then. Imagination doesn't help, does it? Imagination doesn't help with jealousy. Maybe you're jealous of a friend or or something, something someone has or, or that opportunity that they've had. And then imagination comes along, and imagination inflames jealousy. Imagination's a good gift from God, but it's got messed up by sin. And imagination, well, in imagination, we imagine that their lives are like this, don't we? Uh, That's how we imagine it, right? Their lives are just... You know, a breeze and it's just carefree, it's a bed of roses, oh, you know, they just have it so easy. And, and our imagination builds on this jealousy and it p- builds up a picture of someone's life, which isn't true, but it, it makes us more and more jealous of them. Social media, 
Social media comes along at this point, doesn't it? Now, sometimes social media shows you the bad things and the hard things in people's lives, but often social media presents you with all the best bits, all like them and so imagination inflames our jealousy do you know what the really really and for those of you who are taking notes you're going to have to get this is a big paragraph it's quite complicated and nuanced thing you know the really really deeply pastorally theological response to all of that do you know what it is <clears throat> nah that's the response. Nah. It's nonsense. That imagined perception of other people's lives that we've got in our heads when we think that their lives are like that. Nah. It's just nonsense. It's not true. Social media and everything else builds up this picture. We get jealous. It's not true. Their lives... Whoever that person is, or those people, that group of people, whatever, their lives, just like yours, are a mixture, are messy, are a muddle. And at that moment when you're getting jealous of that thing, that opportunity that they've had, that thing that they've got, or whatever it might be, the reality is far more complicated. Proverbs tells us, doesn't it, only the heart knows its own troubles. All sorts of things go on in people's minds, in their hearts, in their lives that we do not know about. And if only we did. But we imagine their lives to be something that they aren't. So we can look into this Bible passage and it is like a mirror. It's, there's jealousy. We see uh, Miriam and Aaron, they're jealous of Moses. And it reflects back at us and we see our own jealousy. But you know, the wonderful thing about this Bible passage is not just a mirror. It's a window. This is a glorious window. And as we look through the window of Numbers chapter 12, we see this incredible view of Jesus. Now, some of you have had in the last week... Um, and I'm not jealous, <laughs> but no, some of you in the last week have had some incredible views. Tell, tell me what some of the things that you've seen this week. Some of you have had an opportunity to see some amazing stuff, see quite far. It was a good week, wasn't it? Good week weather-wise. What did you manage to see? Go on. Um, I went up Scarfell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you went to Scarfell, so there's a highest mountain in England. Yeah. Yeah. And how far could you see? What could you see? Mountains, yeah. The whole of the Lady's pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Wales, yeah. And maybe the sea, the sea. No, possibly, yeah. So you get a fantastic view, don't you? And that is exactly what Numbers chapter 12 is like. It's not just a mirror. That's the bad news. But the good news is it's a window and it shows us Jesus. It's a fantastic view of Jesus through the window of Moses. There's a few ways that we see Jesus here. The first one, did you notice that funny little, how, how does this work? Verse 3 uh, now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Moses was especially humble, wasn't he? But you know, Moses is just 
a window to show us Jesus, who is the most humble man who ever, ever has walked the face of the earth. Jesus is the most humble, isn't he? Uh, we're told, aren't we, in Philippians, he made himself nothing. He's the mostest, bestest, greatest, isn't he? He's the, he's the king, he's God's son, and yet he made himself nothing. He humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. Through Moses, you see the special humility of Jesus, for sure, but also the special responsibility as well. It's there in verse 7, isn't it? Uh, God says, but this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. He's God's servant. He's faithful in all my house. But you know, the Bible says that Jesus has greater honor than Moses. You see, Moses was a servant, a steward of God's household. He's his people for sure and he was faithful and, and so on but Jesus he isn't just a servant or even a steward no he is the son of the household you see Jesus is greater than Moses he has a greater responsibility and he is ultimately faithful in all of God's house he's the son but it goes on because Moses also had a special intimacy with God didn't he verse 8 look God says to Miriam and Aaron with Moses I speak face to face he he sees the form of God and Moses had such a close relationship with God but that's just a little picture isn't it of the closeness that Jesus the son has with God the Father. You see, through Moses, you see how Jesus is even greater and glorious. And he has this amazing relationship with his Father. He is the image of the invisible God. He is in the lap of the Father, isn't he? As Mark reminded us the other week, he's in the lap of the Father. He's the closest to the Father that he could possibly be. He has a special intimacy with God. And then also a special unity as well. Who is Moses? Like, who is Moses here in Numbers chapter 12? Who is he? Well, he's a prophet, isn't he? That's what God says. He's a prophet. He speaks from God. But in the book of Numbers, as we've looked at it up to now, well, Moses is he's more of a priest, isn't he? Because he, uh, someone we'll see later on in the story as well, he's one who gets in the way to protect God's people from God's wrath. And he makes a way through God's wrath, through sacrifice, through atonement, so that God's people can be near to God. He's a great priest. But is Moses just a prophet and a priest? No, he's not, is he? Because right here at this moment, and on into the next few chapters, Moses is leading God's people. He's a leader. He's a, they don't have them yet, but he's a king. He's the next best thing to being a king. So you see Moses here... In Numbers 12, who is he? What is he? Well, he's a prophet, he's a priest, and he's a king. All at the same time. That reminds you of anyone? It's Jesus, isn't it? Jesus is our great prophet, priest, and king. Jesus is the one who speaks from the Father to us and reveals the Father to us. He is the great, he's the great prophet. He's a great high priest, isn't he? He's the one who's made a way through. Through God's wrath, so that we can be forgiven, so we can be accepted and live with our God. And he is our greatest king, isn't he? He's the king of kings. And he will lead his people on. He will lead us through our lives. Jesus is all of these things, ultimately and amazingly. So Numbers 12 is this wonderful window. When you're tempted, 
When you're tempted to be jealous, see Jesus. You know, when you say, oh, Father, look at the size of their coffee machine, right? You know, just look at the size of that. It's got all the whistles and bells. It's like Costa. It's a massive, look at that, Lord. When you're tempted to do that, do you, do you know what he says? He says to you, look at the size of my son. <laughs> look at my son, <laughs> who is all of these things and more. And be amazed. Look through the window and see Jesus. When you are tempted to be jealous, you will be. We all will be. And jealousy will hold us back as God's people. It did then and it can for us too. The things that we're tempted to be jealous about are always small. Especially compared to the sun. They're always small. They're often swollen in our imaginations as well. And they're sometimes just plain old silly compared to the glory and the grandeur and the greatness of Jesus the Son. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to be your people moving forwards, but so often we're held up. So often we fall back. In so many ways. Father please forgive us. And please help us. Not only to see our own jealousy for what it is. But Father to look through the window. And to see Jesus. And Father we pray that we would be satisfied in him. Our great king. For we ask in his name. Amen. Now one of the ways that we look through the window one of the wonderful ways that God has given us is as we take bread and wine as we remember what Jesus has done for us it's like a window it shows us it reminds us we get a view again you know sometimes you forget don't you it's busy life's complicated but you get a view again through the bread and wine of what Jesus has done for you and how great he is and um, so we're going to take bread and wine now but let's let's spend a little bit of time just praying and confessing our sins to God Father in heaven, we have been dissatisfied. We have been discontent, covetous, envious, and a jealous people. Father, we have been quick to compare with others and slow to see your son in all of his glory. Father, we have been dissatisfied with what you have given us and discontent with the shape of our lives. We've coveted what others have and our hearts have been restless with craving and prone to grumble, to complain and to lack the thankfulness which is due to your name. Father, please would you forgive us our many sins against you and against our fellow people. And Father, we come to your table now humbled by our sin and your grace. Father, we come as little children to a father's table. We pray that you would remind us as we eat and drink that we have everything we need in Jesus. Remind us of your fatherly care for us, even as we remember your great salvation for us. Father in heaven, please show us your son and remind us of the glory of Jesus. 
For we ask in his name. Amen. This is a meal for those who have turned away from jealousy and envy and covetousness and all of those things. We've turned from those things. We've repented of those things. And we've turned to Jesus to find the forgiveness that we so often need for those sins. It's a meal that helps us to remember that forgiveness and to continue to rest in it as well. To know that Jesus died for me. He died for my jealousy. He died to cover all the blots and blemishes of my sins. So um, if you're not there yet, if you're not, uh, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, you, you wouldn't say that you'd turn from those things and you've turned to Jesus for forgiveness, then please just let the bread and wine pass you by. Um, that's not for you yet, but it's a good opportunity to reflect and think uh, about everything that Jesus has done and the things that we've been talking about. Um, but if that is you, then please take the bread and wine and rely on Jesus, rest in Jesus in his finished work and take it with a renewed thankfulness for all that he's done for you. We'll take the bread first and then we'll take the wine, hold on to it and drink together uh, when we've all got wine. Uh, David, would you come and give me a hand? Thank you.
Let's drink together. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus. Father, we thank you that in Jesus we have an older brother who is never jealous of us, who always wants what's best for us, who delights to welcome us, who died to forgive us. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Father, would you help us to rest in the finished work of Jesus? And Father, would you help us to have a clear view of him? Father, that we would see your son, that we would be amazed at him, and that the small things of this world would be small in our eyes compared to him. And Father, we do pray for Trisha's mum, Mary, and Father, we do pray that you would help her today, Father. Give her good pain relief, we pray, and just comfort and help her through uh, her just recovery today, Father, and rest. And Father, we pray that she would have a good and successful operation tomorrow, that that would go well, Father, and that you would heal her body and just calm her, Father, and help her to rest in your goodness, in your protection, in your sovereignty. And we pray for the whole family, Lord, that you'd help them through these complicated and busy times, Father. And we pray that uh, Marion would be greatly encouraged and that she'd come through uh, this, Father, and have a full recovery. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.